Bibles uh, to the book of 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Uh, our text this evening, 2 Chronicles chapter 20. If you would give careful attention now, we'll hear the reading of God's very word. 2 Chronicles chapter 20, beginning in verse 1. After this, the Moabites and Ammonites, and with them some of the Meunites, came against Jehoshaphat for battle. Some men came and told Jehoshaphat, A great multitude is coming against you from Edom, from beyond the sea. And behold, they are in Hazazon, Tamar, that is, in Gedi. Then Jehoshaphat was afraid and set his face to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah assembled to seek help from the Lord. From all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. And Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. In your hand are power and might so that none is able to withstand you. Did you not, our God, drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? And have they lived in it and have built for you in it a sanctuary for your name, saying, If disaster comes upon us, the sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this house and before you. For your name is in this house and cry out to you in our affliction and you will hear and save. And now behold, the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir whom you would not let Israel invade when they came from the land of Egypt and whom they avoided and did not destroy, behold, they reward us by coming to drive us out of your possession, which you have given us to inherit. <coughs> o our God, will you not execute judgment on them? For we are powerless against this great horde that is coming against us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Meanwhile, all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, son of Benaiah, son of Jael, son of Mataniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, in the midst of the assembly. And he said, Listen, all Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem, and King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, Do not be afraid, do not be dismayed at this great horde, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow go down against them. Behold, they will come up by the ascent of Ziz. You will find them at the end of the valley, east of the wilderness of Jeruel. You will not need to fight in this battle. Stand firm, hold your position, and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid, do not be dismayed. Tomorrow, 
Go out against them, and the Lord will be with you. Then Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground. And all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. And the Levites of the Kohathites and the Korathites stood up to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. And they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And when they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be established. Believe his prophets, and you will succeed. And when he had taken counsel with the people, he appointed those who were to sing to the Lord and praise him in holy attire as they went out before the army and say, Give thanks to the Lord, for his steadfast love endures forever. And when they began to sing and praise, the Lord set an ambush against the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, so that they were routed. For the men of Ammon and Moab rose against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, devoting them to destruction. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they all helped to destroy one another. When Judah came to the watchtower of the wilderness, they looked toward the horde, and behold, there were dead bodies lying on the ground. None had escaped. When Jehoshaphat and his people came to take their spoil, they found among them in great numbers goods, clothing, and precious things, which they took for themselves until they could carry no more. They were three days in taking the spoil. It was so much. On the fourth day, they assembled in the valley of Bar- Barakah, for there they blessed the Lord. And therefore, the name of that place has been called the valley of Barakah to this day. And then they returned, every man of Judah and Jerusalem. And Jehoshaphat at their head, returning to Jerusalem with joy, For the Lord had made them rejoice over their enemies. They came to Jerusalem with harps and lyres and trumpets to the house of the Lord. And the fear of God came on all the kingdoms of the countries when they heard that the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel. So the realm of Jehoshaphat was quiet, for his God gave him rest all around. Thus Jehoshaphat reigned over Judah. He was 35 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 25 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Azubah, the daughter of Shilhi. He walked in the way of Asa, his father, and did not turn aside from it, doing what was right in the sight of the Lord. The high places, however, were not taken away. The people had not yet set their hearts upon the God of their fathers. Now the rest of the acts of Jehoshaphat from first to last are written in the chronicles of Jehu the son of Hanani, which are recorded in the book of the kings of Israel. After this, Jehoshaphat king of Judah joined with Ahaziah king of Israel who acted wickedly. 
he joined him in building ships to go to Tarshish. And they built the ships in Ezion-Geber. And then Eliezer, the son of Dodo-Vahu of Marishah, prophesied against Jehoshaphat, saying, Because you have joined with Ahaziah, the Lord will destroy what you have made. And the ships were wrecked and were not able to go to Tarshish. Jehoshaphat slept with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in the city of David. <coughs> and Jehoram, the son, his son, reigned in his place. Thus ends the reading of God's very word. Let's pray together. Lord, we ask that you would come now by your spirit and encourage us to press on, trusting and following you, Lord Jesus. We thank you for recording for us these historical events. And we pray that not only would we understand these events accurately in terms of the various things that happened, but to take to heart your commentary, uh, Lord, that we would take to heart uh, what revival looks like, and we would be those who humble ourselves before you and seek your face and pray and turn from our wicked ways that we might have your blessing and your smile. As we look to you, Lord Jesus, the one who was the fulfillment and is the fulfillment of all of those shadows in the temple. And you would indeed hear from heaven and would forgive our sin and heal us, O Lord. We make our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, uh, back in Second Chronicles chapter 7, uh, we have seen that uh, one of the major themes now throughout the book of Second Chronicles uh, is this verse being lived out either in the positive or the negative. Whenever God's people humbled themselves, and sought God's face and prayed and turned from their wicked ways, coming to the temple in faith, looking to the Christ, confessing their sins in these uh, uh, manner, uh, these ways. Uh, God promised Solomon that he would hear from heaven, that he would forgive their sin and heal their land. And so we see kings... Uh, those that walked in pride and arrogance, uh, the Lord's hand of chastening was upon uh, the people of Israel. Uh, from time to time, we get glimpses of their um, uh, turning back to the Lord, and yet over and over we see them running after the ways of the world. Uh, the kings that sought the Lord, there was blessing. Those that didn't, the people and that king then would suffer. And so we come tonight to the last chapter uh, dealing with King Jehoshaphat. 
And we've seen that Jehoshaphat was overall a good king. Uh, he is recorded for us uh, as a king that walked in the ways of David. If you'll turn back to chapter 17 of Second Chronicles, we read in verse 1, Jehoshaphat, his son, talking about Asa, <coughs> reigned in his place and strengthened himself against Israel. He placed forces in all the fortified cities of Judah <coughs> and set up garrisons in the land of Judah and in the cities of Ephraim that Asa his father had captured. The Lord was with Jehoshaphat because he walked in the earlier ways of his father David. He did not seek the Baals, but sought the God of his father and walked in his commandments and not according to the practices of Israel. Therefore, the Lord established the kingdom in his hand. Now, we've seen that Jehoshaphat overall was a godly king. He was a good king. Uh, he was a wonderful leader. He led uh, a, a reformation in the land, uh, uh, bringing the word of God to bear upon uh, uh, the people. And you remember uh, we saw uh, how important it is for us to be men and women uh, who are uh, uh, saturated with the word of, of God. Uh, and yet uh, Jehoshaphat uh, had inconsistencies. Uh, one of the downfalls of Jehoshaphat was him making an alliance uh, with the wicked king Ahab of the northern kingdom. <coughs> and Jehoshaphat almost lost his life uh, as he is enticed to go to battle uh, with uh, King Ahab. Ahab does die in battle. Uh, Jehoshaphat is spared. Uh, and you would think that Jehoshaphat had learned his lesson. As we're going to see at the end of his life, uh, he stumbles yet again. Uh, but God is gracious to him and, and corrects him and does not allow him uh, to perish uh, and, and to lead God's people uh, astray uh, by his own actions. And yet, uh, because of these inconsistencies and because he had introduced uh, uh, through this marriage uh, uh, alliance uh, with King Ahab's uh, a daughter marrying his son Jehoram, uh, disaster is looming now uh, for God's people. But Jehoshaphat himself, um, overall, uh, is a godly, a godly king. Now, one of the lessons that we need to learn from this is that when we consider ourselves, uh, there are none of us who are consistent as we desire to be, as we want to be, as we intend to be this side of heaven. 
Is there any hope for us? And praise God, the answer is yes in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Praise God that uh, God has recorded these things for us to encourage us uh, to seek after the Lord. Uh, This is not an encouragement uh, to be inconsistent because there were temporal consequences that came upon Jehoshaphat himself and the nation of Israel even in his day. And there were horrifying uh, uh, eternal consequences that came uh, to his family after he was gone, as we're going to see next Lord's Day. Jehoram, his son, uh, does unthinkable acts of wickedness. Um, That is partly because Jehoshaphat approved of this uh, marriage and this alliance. And yet, here was a man who in his own heart, uh, overall, was a good man, a godly man, a man who sought the face of God. So tonight, we're going to focus on uh, the godly aspect of his testimony, uh, that God would encourage us to keep looking to Jesus and press on trusting and obeying him. And we see in chapter 20 now, um, toward the end of Jehoshaphat's reign, uh, there was, after this reformation that we looked at several weeks ago in chapter 19, we see uh, God encouraging um, uh, Jehoshaphat. And so uh, if you look at the end of chapter 19... In verse 11, Behold, Amariah the chief priest is over you in all the matters of the Lord, and Zebediah the son of Ishmael, the governor of the house of Judah, in all the king's matters, and the Levites will serve you as officers. And here's now how this Reformation uh, is is introduced and, and spreads. Deal courageously, and may the Lord be with the upright. And so here's the smile of God uh, upon uh, uh, Judah, upon his kingdom. And uh, in that context, um, uh, time goes on uh, a a little while, and the Lord brings testing. And so that's another lesson that we need to take to heart. Just because we are being faithful to the Lord Jesus doesn't mean Uh, everything's always going to be easy for us. Uh, There will be times of testing. And why does God do that? It is for his ultimate glory and our ultimate good when God allows times of testing. And indeed, this was a major test. And so we look at that in verse 1 of 2 Chronicles 20. After this, the Moabites and Ammonites, and with them some of the Millionites, came against Jehoshaphat for battle. Some men came and told Jehoshaphat, A great multitude is coming against you from Edom. Now, uh, uh, the description here is that you are 
tremendously outnumbered. That's the bottom line. A great multitude. You've got a, a good-sized army, but the army that's coming against you is far greater uh, than the one you have. Uh, a great multitude is coming against you from Edom, from beyond the sea, and behold, they are in Hazazon, Tamar, that is in Gedi. <coughs> they are knocking on your back door. Well, what does Jehoshaphat do? Well, we see in verse 3, first of all, he was afraid. <laughs> and um, it, he had good reason uh, uh, to be stirred, uh, to react uh, to this danger. Uh, but he dealt with his fear in a godly way. Um, he set his face to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah assembled to seek help from the Lord. From all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. And so here's one of these key words now, key concepts that we saw in 2 Chronicles 7.14. If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, will forgive their sin and heal their land. And so here we see over and over in verse 3 and 4, then Jehoshaphat was afraid, so what did he do? He sought uh, the face of God. He set his face to seek the Lord. He proclaimed a fast. The purpose of this fast was, if you don't eat, you die. But there's something you need even more than food. You need the smile and blessing of God. And so we're going to humble ourselves before the Lord. And we're going to not eat. Uh, we're going to cry to God for help and mercy. Uh, that's what this fast was. And Judah assembled to seek help from the Lord. From all the cities of Judah they came. And why did they come? To seek the Lord. Now turn with me over into Psalm uh, 56. Psalm 56. And uh, this is an important thing for us to remember. <coughs> when you and I find ourselves in a situation of distress when we're tempted to be afraid what should we do well here we see in psalm 56 verse 1 be gracious to me O god for man tramples on me all day long an attacker oppresses me my enemies trample on me all day long for many attack me proudly when i am afraid i will put my trust in you in God, whose word I praise, in God I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can man do to me? And so when we are afraid, what should we do? We ought to run to the Lord Jesus and confess our, our fear uh, and lay it before him and seek his face and humble ourselves before him. Well, in verses 5 and following in this passage down through verse 12, 
we see Jehoshaphat leading this assembly that had gathered together there in Jerusalem from all over Judah in prayer. And his prayer, indeed, is, is a thrilling prayer of him humbling himself before God, of him confessing, uh, we depend upon you, O God, uh, confessing we're, we're turning from our sin and we, we want forgiveness and we want your favor and your help. We see in verse 5, Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem, in the house of the Lord, before the new court. And he said, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? Uh, he, he says, you are the true and the living God. You're the God who reigns. You're the God who created the heavens and the earth. You're the great God. Are you not the Lord God of our fathers, the God who is in heaven, you rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. In your hand are power and might so that none is able to withstand you. Uh, what a comfort that is. When we're afraid, we belong and have the privilege of crying to the one uh, who has the whole world in his hands, who has uh, the breath of every man and woman and boy and girl in, in his hand. Uh, the breath that is in their nostrils, their very life, they depend upon this God. The plans of man are made, but God orders his steps. Uh, you rule over all the kingdoms of the nations, as Proverbs 21 says. The king's heart is in the Lord's hand. He turns it like rivers of water whichever way he wishes it to go. And so Jehoshaphat here is acknowledging that God is the sovereign and that they are in his hands. You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. In your hand are power and might so that none is able to withstand you. This great multitude that's coming uh, Jehoshaphat confesses at the end of this prayer, we're no match for them. We're powerless before this horde. Uh, but Lord, uh, you can deal with them any way you see fit. Uh, they're no match for you. Uh, <clears throat> then he recounts the history. Did you not, our God, drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? He said, Lord, remember what you have done. Lord, the reason we're here is because of what you did previously. Long before, hundreds of years before I arrived on the scene, Lord, here's what you were doing and here are the promises that you made. You promised to give this land to your people Israel, to the descendants of Abraham, your friend. Verse 8. And they have lived in it and have built for you in it a sanctuary for your name's sake. If disaster comes upon us, the sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this house and before you. <coughs> for your name is in this house. And cry out to you in our affliction 
and you will hear and say. Lord, don't you remember what Solomon prayed? And you answered that prayer and you promised. If my people who are called by my name come to this place, seeking my face, humbling themselves, praying, turning from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. That's what he's making reference to. Verse 10, And now behold the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom you would not let Israel invade when they came from the land of Egypt, and whom they avoided and did not destroy. And you can go back and read about how that the people of Edom were spared uh, because God said they uh, were uh, 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 not going to be destroyed like the rest of the Canaanite nations. And Jehoshaphat is saying, now, Lord, you remember, uh, uh, we, we were not permitted uh, to attack them and to destroy them. Verse 11, Behold, they reward us by coming to drive us out of your possession, which you have given us to inherit. O oh, our God, will you not execute judgment on them? For we are powerless against this great horde that is coming against us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And so when we're afraid, we need to run and just lay ourselves before the Lord Jesus and say, Lord, this problem's too big for me, but praise your holy name. It's not too big for you. Oh, Lord, I'm powerless to deal with this situation. It may be uh, something in our own lives. It may be in our home. It may be in the workplace. It may be in our church family. It may be in this community. It may be things that are going on in this nation. There are a lot of things that would fit this category of things that are just out of our hand. But praise God, they're not out of the hand of our sovereign holy, good God. And we just lay ourselves before Him and say, Lord, our eyes are upon You. We're just laying ourselves before You, Lord. And we're begging for Your mercy. We're begging for salvation. We're begging for deliverance. And Lord, please give, give us Your mercy, Your grace, Your smile. That was the whole point of the temple. It was when God's people sinned and they came with a guilt offering, a burnt offering, that as they confessed their sin, and all of that was a picture of the Lord Jesus. And what a blessing it is to live in the new covenant. You don't have to go to Jerusalem with a, an animal sacrifice. Because the Lamb of God has come and laid down His life upon the cross. And we have the privilege anywhere, anytime, day and night, to come into the throne room of heaven through our Lord Jesus and confess our dependence upon Christ. Uh, if, if the Lord brings to our mind particular sins in the context of, of our uh, uh, occasion for fear, we confess it and repent of it. Uh, but it may be a situation like Job, where Job said, Lord, all of the things that I know of, I, I have already confessed to you. And Lord, I'm just laying myself at your feet. 
Have mercy on me, O living God. Well, what happened? What was the Lord's answer to his prayer? And so in verse 13, down through verse 17, we see the Lord's gracious answer. <clears throat> Meanwhile, all Judah stood before the Lord. And here you can just picture in your mind's eye, the king of, of Judah now has led this huge assembly in prayer. And everybody's just standing, waiting. What's God going to do? Meanwhile, all Ju Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, son of Mataniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph in the midst of the assembly. Right there. And he said, listen, all Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed at this great horde, for the battle is not yours, but God's. And so the first thing he says is, God has answered your prayer. I'm here with instruction from the living God. And the first thing is, because you have sought the face of God, God is telling you, do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed at this great horde because the battle is not yours. This is God's battle. Um, <coughs> what are they to do? Tomorrow go down against them. Behold, they will come up by the ascent, ascent of Ziz. You will find them at the end of the valley, east of the wilderness of Jeruel. You will not need to fight in this battle. Stand firm, hold your position, and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them, and the Lord will be with you. <coughs> and so that was the Lord's gracious answer. God tells them some amazing things. He says, now I want you to go out to battle, but you're not going to have to fight. Literally, not only is this the Lord's battle, like you remember when uh, uh, Joshua uh, uh, was fighting uh, against the uh, uh, Amorites and Moses and, and Aaron. Uh, were, uh, Aaron and Hur were holding up Moses' hands. Uh, Joshua was fighting. He had to fight. And as long as Moses' hands were raised, uh, uh, Israel prevailed. But when Moses got tired and his hands would droop down, uh, then uh, the uh, the Amorites would prevail. And the, the Lord uh, had uh, uh, that battle also, but this is an even more amazing battle because uh, this prophet tells the Lord. Uh, Jehaziel says, look, God is telling you, I want you to go out in battle array, but you're not going to have to fight. Uh, God will do, he he will he will destroy them without you raising your sword. Well, what does Jehoshaphat say? Does he say I don't know? 
that's that, I've never heard of anything like this uh, before. This this is most unusual. I I don't I don't think this is a good idea. Nope, Jehoshaphat. He bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Now, all of Israel enjoyed those temporal blessings, as we are going to see. And we're going to come back to this. At the very end, we have this spine-tingling record that the children of Israel did not give their hearts to the Lord. And I want you to think about that. Here were people who saw the hand of God delivering them. And we just get a little glimpse of the hardness of unbelief. And you and I would be just like that, apart from the grace of God. Because we've been privileged to see and know even more spectacular, wondrous truths of God's Word. And yet, what do we struggle with? I struggle with my heart having a tendency to grow cold to the living God. And so, uh, may God revive our hearts even this night. The purpose in our hearts that we will give ourselves to the Lord Jesus and seek after Him. And not let Satan sow his lies and his discouragements in our heart. But we will bow before the Lord and worship him up front before God delivers us in the circumstances that are hard and tough for us. That we will do what Jehoshaphat did. And all Judah joined with him, bowing before the Lord. Worshiping the Lord. And the Levites of the Kohathites and Korathites stood up to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. Well, the next morning, verse 20, they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And when they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be established. Believe his prophets, and you will succeed. And that's true not only in Jehoshaphat's day. It's true in our day. Uh, there's a great old hymn, Trust and Obey. Trust and Obey. Uh, there's only one way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. That's what Jehoshaphat is saying. So verse 21, when he had taken counsel with the people, he appointed those who were to sing to the Lord and praise him in holy attire as they went before the army and say. Now I'm sure if there were scouts from these <coughs> pagan armies or if they had binoculars, they were just astounded to see this army coming to do battle with them. And at the head of the army was the choir. The choir was leading the army out to the battlefield. And Jehoshaphat did so in faith because the Lord had said, you're not going to have to fight. Uh, I want you to go and stand there as an army, but you're not even going to have to do the battle. The battle belongs to me, the living God. God told Jehoshaphat through his prophet. And so what were they to say as they sang? Give thanks to the Lord for his mercy 
endures forever. And uh, indeed, the Lord's mercy is sweet to us. Uh, that's uh, why we love Jesus so, because he has given himself for us. Well, verse 22, when they began to sing and praise, the Lord set an ambush against the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, so that they were routed. For the men of Ammon and Moab rose against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, devoting them to destruction. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they all helped to destroy one another. And so here's this picture that God just touched the hearts and minds uh, of the people in this pagan army. And they turned on each other and started fighting each other. And that's how the Lord destroyed this army. They turned on each other and literally killed each other. When Judah came to the watchtower of the wilderness, they looked toward the horde. And behold, there were dead bodies lying on the ground. None had escaped. And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take their spoil, they found among them in great numbers goods, clothing, and precious things, which they took for themselves until they could carry no more. Uh, the people got tired uh, of carrying all of the booty, uh, uh, the spoil, uh, uh, away. They were three days in taking the spoil. It was so much. On the fourth day, they assembled in the valley of Barakah, for there they blessed the Lord. And that's a Hebrew name that just literally means to praise God, to give thanks to God, to bless God's name. And therefore, the name of that place has been called the Valley of Barakah to this day. And then they returned, every man of Judah and Jerusalem, and Jehoshaphat at their head, returning to Jerusalem with joy. For the Lord had made them rejoice over their enemies. They came to Jerusalem with harps and lyres and trumpets to the house of the Lord. And the fear of God came on all the kingdoms of the countries when they heard that the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel. So the realm of Jehoshaphat was quiet, for his God gave him rest all around. And so for the rest of Jehoshaphat's reign, uh, we have peace uh, because God had instilled fear uh, in the hearts of all of the other kingdoms around them. And they were like, hey, don't mess with those people because they're God. Uh, you, you don't want to mess with them because they're God. Their God will deal with you. Their God will destroy you. Thus Jehoshaphat reigned over Judah. He was 35 years old when he began his reign. And he reigned 25 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Azubah, the daughter of Shilhi. He walked in the way of Asa, his father, and did not turn aside from it, doing what was right in the sight of the Lord. But now here we have. The high places, however, were not taken away. The people had not yet set their hearts <coughs> upon the God of their fathers. There was just an outward show. And you know, I'll never forget 
uh, after 9-11 happened. For a whole week, what did we hear in this country? We heard about how we need to seek God. We need the favor of God. We need to pray. Uh, a week later, forget that. Business as usual. And even during that week, who is the God we're going to seek? Is it the true and the living God, the God of the Bible? Oh, may the Lord impress upon us how deadly and sneaky sin is. And that our own hearts are in need of God's continual saving presence. Now the rest of the acts of Jehoshaphat from first to last are written in the chronicles of Jehu, the son of Hanani, which are recorded in the book of the kings of Israel. After this, and so here now, right at the end of Jehoshaphat's reign, Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, joined with Ahaziah, king of Israel, who acted wickedly. Jehoshaphat. Don't you remember what happened when you allied yourself with Ahab? Don't you remember how you almost died? Don't you remember the rebuke of Hanani in chapter 19? Who comes with the message from God? Should you help the wicked and love those who hate the Lord? Because of this, wrath has gone out against you from the Lord. <coughs> Nevertheless, some good is found in you, for you destroyed the Ashereth out of the land and have set your heart to seek God. And so Jehoshaphat again, he, he stumbles. He joined him in building ships to go to Tarshish. And they built the ships in Ezion Geber. And then Eliezer, the son of Dodavahu of Marisha prophesied against Jehoshaphat, saying, Because you have joined with Ahaziah, the Lord will destroy what you have made. And the ships were wrecked and were not able to go to Tarshish. The Lord rebukes his servant, his child, and says, Jehoshaphat, you shouldn't do this. And it was a great financial loss. It was a humiliation. Well, that is the life of King Jehoshaphat. And may God give us grace to learn from those things that we see that were the testimony of his faith in the Christ. And God reveals to us that he was a man who knew the Christ and sought the Lord. And God used him in a mighty way, and yet he was a man who had clay feet. And it cost dearly. Um, may God stir us up to be those who give ourselves anew to Jesus, to trust and obey him. Well, let's pray. <laughs> Father, thank you for your word. Uh, we do tremble when we think of how could Jehoshaphat be so dull of heart? And yet, Lord, uh, every one of us is your little children. Uh, there are times that, Lord, 
uh, we have stumbled badly. Uh, Lord God, all we can do is, is repent, uh, confess our sin to you, uh, give ourselves anew to you and beg that you would take us and use us for your glory. Lord, we thank you for the testimony of Jehoshaphat. And when we're afraid, uh, Lord, help us to do what we read there in Psalm 56 and what we see illustrated here in King Jehoshaphat's life. Uh, this king humbled himself before you and sought your face. He prayed. He turned from sin. And, and you blessed him. Uh, Lord God, please... Keep us clinging to you, Lord Jesus. Thank you that you are worthy to be loved and praised. Now bless, Lord, as we sing and then as we come to your table. In Jesus we pray, amen.